Um, not to go to the slides now. Sorry, I'm just telling you everything I'm doing now. Okay. So I'm like, you know what, this is my night. So I, 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 uh, I chop wood, and you know like the crazy carpenter guys, or like crazy lumberjack guys? Like that was like me, but I was way more buff, and just chopping wood. No. <laughs> Breaking apart my hand, uh, you know, like I was—I don't know how to chop wood that well. I'm no masculine guy, but um, so I'm chopping wood, and you get to fill this this wheelbarrow that's rusty and a flat tire, and you're hauling it across the camp, and you have to go up this like super rough terrain to throw it in this little fire, and you—you—it's like throwing it into Mount Doom. Like you guys know Lord of the Rings when Frodo, you know, when Frodo, uh, he had to climb Mount Doom to put the ring. In the, in the Mount Doom or whatever. That was like what I had to do, back and forth and back and forth with these giant logs all day, throwing it, throwing these logs and keeping the fire going, keeping the fire going, just thinking about, I'm gonna be so excited when I get to sit there and sweat and just let my muscles loosen up. It's gonna be amazing. So I was doing this all day. I was just throwing the logs in the kettle and kindling this fire forever. And, uh, and so the night happens and it's the end of the day. I'm, I'm so excited. I get my brother and a few others. We go to the, the sauna. It's like it's time. It's our time to just get our sanity back. And so we just we went there and we opened the door and we're ready to put the ready to put the water on the rocks and everything. Open the door and then who other is sitting there wasting our water, wasting our fire, blank with a bunch of girls, macking it up. So the injustice of all my work. Was put on. That's no zinc. Don't zinc that. That's not a zinc. Don't zinc it. <laughs> so the injustice of what happened on that day was unbelievable. And so today I want to talk about something. We're going through my hello, my name is, and today the word is judge. And for some of you that you're thinking, oh, judge, God is a judge. That's not. That's not a word I really want to hear. I really want to want to think about. But I think a lot of you guys maybe be able to relate to me. Maybe you lost your iPod. Maybe your brother. Uh, made funny. Maybe you got blamed for something that you didn't do. There's all this injustice in the world. And, and make, we know there's even more serious stuff. We know there's stuff like sex trafficking. We know there's stuff like abuse in the family. We know there's stuff like people get murdered in the family. So there's, there's, this world is full of injustice. And uh, I want to talk about the church in, in the Bible. And it's, the, it's in 2 Thessalonians, if you guys have your Bibles. That'd be awesome to turn to 2 Thessalonians. And uh, back then, it wasn't much different. You know, there's this guy named Nero in in rule in Rome, and he didn't like Christians very much. So this church, the Thessalonian church, you know, it says they're growing in faith. They're growing in love. They're loving others. They're reaching out. They're praying for people. They're doing all the right things. They're obedient to God. And, uh, And they were constantly persecuted. They're constantly, and it wasn't like they were just made fun of for being Christian. They were literally, uh, like, Roman guards would go to their houses and burn their houses down, and if their families burned them or not. And they would, they would take Christians, they'd take them captive, they would gouge out their eyes. They would, they would cut off their hands. So we had, like, a church full of Christian pirates, you know? Holy is thou, Lord, our booty. <laughs> I don't do a Christian. That's a terrible pirate accent. Um, so a church full of pirates, yeah. And to the point where some were executed, some were tortured. So this was the Christian, this was the church during this time. You know, Jesus is Lord, they're worshiping him. And at the same time, you know, their wife is being killed or their, their family is being whatever. You know, there's crazy persecution happening. 
And so they're looking to Paul right now, who's writing them a letter. This is the letter right here. And they're really hoping, like, man, we really need encouragement right now. And so this is what Paul says to him. You know, chapter 1, 3 to 6, let's just read along here. It says this, we ought to always... Uh, or we ought always to thank God for you, brothers, and rightfully so, because your faith is growing more and more, and your love, everyone of, or you love everyone uh, of you, has for each other increasing. Therefore, among God's church, uh, churches, we boast about the perseverance and faith in all the persecution and trials you are enduring. All this is evident of God's judgment is right. And as a result, you will be counted worthy of his kingdom for which you are suffering. God is just. So they're giving, all this stuff is happening to them. And Paul is writing to them, hey, guess what? God's good, man. He's just. Don't worry about it. He's got your back. You know, how would you feel in that moment? How would you, God is just. Look what's happening to us. How does that work? You know, and, and maybe we're asking the same question today. You know, I think we all kind of wrestle through this question, you know. If God's good, why is, why is bad, bad stuff happening? Why is God allowing bad stuff to happen in this world? And I, who's, who's wrestled with that? Who's thought about that question? Yeah? I have a lot. And first, or Second Thessalonians kind of answers a little bit, and uh, it continues on. And the, the, the reality is he, he doesn't let it happen. You know, and we, we find that out in 2 Thessalonians. It says this. It says, God is just. He will pay back trouble for those who have troubled you. He will give relief for you or for who are troubled. And to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of Lord Jesus. They will... They will be punished in everlasting destruction and shut off out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power on the day he comes to be glorified uh, in his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. This includes you because you believed our testimony to you. So he's pretty serious about his judgment. He says, there will, don't worry about, don't worry about who is, who's coming against you, who's Who's crucifying you? Who's persecuting you? Who's, who's uh, making fun of you? He said, God will deal with that. That's God's job. There's nothing that doesn't, uh, he doesn't take into account. There's nothing he doesn't see. You know, but this should be a relief for you guys. Because that means you don't have to play judge anymore. That means when, when, you, when people, things are happening bad to you, when people are making fun of you, when you are being... Uh, bully, when you are being uh, backstabbed, when you are being betrayed by a good friend, it's not your job to play judge. It's not your job to get payback, to get uh, revenge, to get uh, to start gossiping about them, to get them back. That's not your role anymore. Yeah, zing. <laughs> zing, yeah, that's not your job. And that should be a relief to you guys. Because you know that will be taken care of. You know nothing under the sun will go unjust. Nothing will go on the sun will, will be uh, left aside or not treated. God will see everything and deal with everything in his timing. Yeah. You know, so what is our response supposed to be? You know, it's not to judge our neighbors. What are we supposed to be doing? When, when stuff happens to us, how are we supposed to respond? And I think it's, it's a hard forgiveness. 
And for you, you're like, ugh, I don't want to do that. But that's, that's what we're called to be, people that are forgiving. And that's, that's no problem, right? And I, I want you guys to think about this. This statement here, you know, let, let his death sober us and the resurrection empower us. So let's go into that a bit. I want you guys to think about this. This is what happened to Jesus. This is what we know about Jesus when he was about to be crucified. You know, he was captured by armed men, unjustly. He, he took him to the high priest's house, okay? It's the middle of the night, and this is what happened to Jesus. They took him, grabbed him in the garden, pulled him to the high priest's house by force. And I want you guys to close your eyes for this moment, because this is what happened to Jesus. Just picture this. They blindfold him. They put a bag over his head. They throw him on the ground. And you were just waiting with your eyes closed. You were waiting for the first hit. Whether that's going to be the face, the gut. They're, they're, ready to, they're ready to hit you. They're ready to beat you. They're ready. And then the first hit comes. You're going to get a kick to the face. And they're making fun of him. They're saying, who did it? Prophesy. If your God just prophesied, which one of us kicks you? And they start continue, continually beating him. Continually kicking him. Punching him. Whatever it takes, they're torturing him. And you're thinking you're blindfolded in this moment, in the middle of the night. No one is around to see. This is like a back alley. And you don't know if you're going to even survive the night. You're just waiting for it to be over. You know, you guys can open your eyes. You know, he had no sleep. He was beat all through the night. He had no food. They didn't let him eat. And, and, uh, and then they put him on an unjust hearing. So they put him on trial. By people that weren't right, that weren't just, that weren't fair. They were just out to see Jesus die and murdered. You know, and so they put him on trial, they gave him an unjust, and they said, crucify, crucify him. And they crucified him. Before they, they began to torture him, they brought him, they brought him over to, uh, to Pilate, and he said, hey, let's, let's crucify him. And they, they took him to, the, to the, the court, and they started to tie him up, and they began to whip him. They tortured him. They spat on him. They mocked him to the point where he was almost dead. His body was going to shock. You know, after that, his body is, is beat, bruised, broken, and now they're getting him to carry a 200-pound cross up a hill. And they're saying, this is, this is your execution right here. Now you need to carry it up a hill. They put a, they put a, a, throne, or a, a crown of thorns on him, and they drill it into his head. Not little thorns like on a rose, thorns. Like in a needle bush. And then when he, his body was literally going into shock. And when your body goes into shock, you, you don't function anymore. Your body just stops functioning. And he was carrying this chunk of wood up, up into the hill where they laid him down and drilled six-inch nails into his wrist. Into the most sensitive nervous system in your body was in the ankles and the wrists. You know, and, and, and as soon as they raised him up, that you're so exhausted that when these, these nails are in your wrist, that you can't actually breathe. And you, to get, to get your, your lungs begin to fill up with water, and, and to get a breath, he had to hoist himself off his nails to get a breath of air. And he was there for nine hours doing that. 
and he was hanging on that cross. You know, and he was shouting it to God, and he could have said anything, God, kill them, destroy them, throw down your lightning bolts, do whatever it takes, get rid of them. He could have said, God, get me out of here. You know, you can do that. You're able to do that. But he said, he didn't say any of those things. He said, God, forgive him. Forgive him. Forgive the man who threw a, a six-inch nail into my wrist. Forgive the man who whipped me with a glass whip. Forgive the man who spat at me and made fun of me and called me that I was not God and blasphemed me. Forgive him. They don't even know what they're doing. Forgive him. That was God's posture towards man. It's a, a radical, radical thing. You know, and so when I say, let the, let the cross, let his death sober you, when you bring that into light of your issues, or when, oh, I have a grudge against so-and-so because she picked me up from school, or I have another da because he didn't say hi to me today. You know, it begins to sober you. You know, I can't forgive them. They, they, they didn't say hi to me. Or he didn't phone me today. When those are our issues, we, we, you have that perspective of what Christ did for us, and he said, forgive them. That humbles us a bit. You know, our, our rights, our, our earnings begin to fade a little bit. You know, the God who, who died for the times you hurt people, or you made fun of people, you gossiped about people. You know, he said, forgive you. Forgive him. Forgive her. You know, I want to share this article with you. This is an article about a pastor who went to jail. It's pretty crazy. So Pastor Richard Wormbrandt. A Romanian Lutheran minister was imprisoned for his faith along with many other religious leaders. While there, he witnessed the Orthodox priest named Iscu, who was tortured to the point of death. Then the communists who had quarreled and turned uh, against the man who had tortured Iscu. The man ended up also being tortured to the point of death and was placed in the same cell as Iscu. So it happened that the murder and the murdered were in the same cell together. Both were near death. Their pastor, Wormburn, witnessed an amazing thing. As the torturer cried out for agony, the guy torturing the pastor, as he cried out for agony, both of body and soul, for he could not believe that God could forgive him, the badly beaten priest called two other prisoners to bring him to the bed of the tortured man. And there he took care of him and comforted him. I'll never forget this gesture, Pastor Wombrin said. I watched a murdered man taking care of his murder. That is love. He went on to tell the murderer, If I, who am a sinner, can love you so much, imagine Christ, who is the love incarnate. How much he loves you, and only you need to turn to him and repent. And so the murdered man heard the confession of his murder, and the night, and that night both men died. It's this crazy, crazy story of someone that was motivated and compelled by love. And forgiving someone, this, this man was tortured to the point of death, and he forgave the person that tortured him. You know, because he had Christ's heart in him. And, and forgiving someone is one of the most powerful things you can do. You know, so the, so the cross puts us, our issues in perspective. But the resurrection, the fact that Jesus died from the tomb, or he died and rose again, the res- resurrection empowers us. 
You know, Christ rose from the dead, gathered his disciples around and told them before he went to heaven, and surely I am with you always to the end of the age. And that is a promise to you guys as well. That Jesus is with you to the end of the age. So where things seem hard, where they seem impossible, where they seem, uh, it's too hard. I know I'm supposed to forgive this person. I know I'm supposed to let them go. I know I'm supposed to give them to Christ. But I just can't, I can't do that. I, I, I'm not able to. There's too much bitterness. There's too much sadness. There's, there's too much grief. The wound's too deep. You know, Christ gives us the ability to do that. And it's something called grace. I just want to finish with this. Chris, you want to come up? Um, 2 Corinthians 12, 19 says, Each time he said, this is Christ talking to Paul, My grace is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Now grace is the, the only thing that gives you the ability to forgive someone. You know, the fact that, that God is judge. And we can be relieved that he's judged. He's going to take care of justice. Don't worry. But now it's our response to forgive those who have, who have hurt us, who have, who have uh, come against us, who have betrayed us, who have, have grieved us. You know, there's something called a pain barrier. Has anyone heard of a pain barrier? Anyone heard of a pain barrier? Anyone, anyone run for, for fun? Anyone run for fun? Yeah, running is fun. I don't like running, but... In, in, in a marathon, if you're, if you're running 25 miles... There's a point called the pain barrier where, where in 10, I think it's 15 miles, where your body is just dying, where you make the choice whether I'm just going to roll over to the side of the ditch and just take a break and, and, and be done, or you choose to push through. There's the pain barrier where every runner faces it. There's no matter, no matter what you do, no matter how you run, how much you stretch, you, all, everyone will face that pain barrier in, in a marathon. And that's a lot like grace. There's a point where you're going to hit a wall. There's a point where you're going to not be able to do it anymore. Where you, there's something too deep, there's a wound too deep in your life. There's an there's issue too hard-hearted in your life that you can't push past that. But there's a sign called grace, this beautiful thing called grace. That, that's where the pain barrier comes in. And God gives us the ability to push through. To push through. So to finish the race. So if there's someone in your heart right now, you're thinking of, man, I can't let that person go. They've done too much. Whether that's your dad whether it's your mom, whether it's your brother, whether your dad wasn't there, he's never there for my games. You know, whether your brother said that one thing that you'll never let go. You know, whatever it is, where you just say, I can't, God says, I'm strong in your weakness. We're at the point where you can't do it anymore, where you give up, where you can't go any further. That's what God says, now I'm going to be strong. Now I'm going to show up and I'm going to do something amazing in your life. I'm going to be able to push you past the impossible right now. And that's, that's what grace does. It takes you beyond your capacity. Where you can only do this in the possible. Christ said, my grace is going to give you the ability to do it beyond what you thought you could do. So I want you guys to consider right now. In your heart, where, if this may not be everybody. But if it's you, I want you to respond tonight. Because God has given you the grace to do it. He's given you the grace to respond tonight. To say that person who's wounded me, who hasn't met, my, met up to my standards, who's betrayed me as a friend and made fun of me in front of all my friends, I'm giving it to you, Jesus. You're, you're the one who's the judge. You're the one that's the judge tonight. 
You'll take care of all that. You'll deal with all that. Right now, my job is just to forgive and let them go. And it's not just for their sake, it's for yours too. Because when you forgive, you, you are free of them. That's right. You don't hold, you don't, you're not holding them back anymore. You're not, there, there's a load that's lightened from you. It, it, it's, it's for your sake too. Freedom gives you the, the ability to be joyful again, where you've been, where you've been grieved and constantly, and, and there's rain cloud over your head. God wants to get rid of that tonight. He wants to get rid of that tonight. So tonight we have the best symbol in the world. This is the symbol of the crucifixion. You may, you may know, you may not. But this is where Jesus died, where he surrendered everything to God, where he was forced to surrender because he was pinned to the cross. He didn't have a choice. He had his arms were stretched as wide as possible. He said, God, take it all. You know, I embrace, I embrace Westwood youth sin. I embrace their, their hurt. I embrace their, their, their areas where they're grieving, where there's so much hurt in their lives. I embrace that. That's my hurt now. So Jesus wants to take that from you tonight. So under your, under your, under your chairs, most of your chairs, if you don't have one, there's pens and there's uh, notepads here. And we'll hand that out to you guys if you don't have them. And we're just going to take, take a moment and reflect tonight. I want all of you guys to walk out here free. Where you walked in with that, that grudge, where you walked in with that bitterness, where you walked in with that, that heartache that won't go away. I want you to leave that at the cross tonight. God wants to do a beautiful work in your heart right now. But we need to respond. We need to react to his love tonight. So you don't have to do this. But if you know, and you do know if you know, there's someone that you're holding something against, this is your chance to respond. So we're just going to take a moment. Maybe Christian will lead us to this. If this isn't you, just worship. Worship God. Let's, let, let's allow this time be time ministry. Let God ministry. Let Him encounter you. Let Him heal your heart. Let Him heal your heart tonight. That's what He wants to do. He doesn't want, to walk, he doesn't want you to walk out upset. He wants you to walk out full of life. So God, let's just pray. And we're just going to give maybe five, ten minutes to respond. And once you've written your thing, just pin it to the cross. It's Jesus' is now. It's not yours. It's not yours anymore. Leave it to the cross tonight. So let's just take five minutes. God, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you that you are the healer. You are the judge. So we don't have to be anymore, Jesus. We don't have to hold a grudge. We don't have to get payback. We don't have to get revenge. That's not our job anymore. That's yours. So we just trust that you're going to take care of it, Father. Just free that of us. Tonight we just want to forgive. We want to be full again. We want to be whole again. We want to be full of life again. We don't want unforgiveness to bind us down. So God, give us strength by your grace that goes beyond our capacity. Give us that strength to write that name down and come up and pin that on the cross. Give us that grace now. We just ask that, Lord, in your name. Give us grace to pin that on the cross, to let it go. Jesus, we give you this tonight. We give you that person tonight. Amen. So let's enter into some worship. Amen.